the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. I'll tell you what, you listeners are awesome. Do you know that this show was number one on Voice America? And you know who I give credit to for that? All of you, all of you listeners, you are so awesome. You're all ambassadors out there spreading the news to other people about quality of life for people with disabilities. I think so highly of you, and you are in for a treat. Get ready. Get ready to rock and roll because I have a civil rights leader for all Americans with epilepsy on my show today, she is a diva. She is a phenomenal leader, and as I tell her, she is my sister. Welcome to the show, Miss Denise Peace. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, my sister. I only try to be like you. All right, yes. Let me tell you about Denise Peace. She is the Assistant Comptroller of Commercial Banking at the Office of New York City Comptroller. This woman speaks across the United States, is known throughout the United States for her advocacy and her work. I mean it. If you're listening to the show, she is the real deal. She is. Uh, Denise, how about if you tell our listeners throughout the world how did you first enter the world of epilepsy like your sister, Joyce Bender? Well, you know, Joyce, like, I think like you and like so many others, I, I entered the world. I was the deputy superintendent of banking uh, for the state of New York. I had a traumatic brain injury. I was in a car accident. And I thought that it was, you know, something that I would overcome rapidly. And um, I lost my ability to read, write, and speak. And it wasn't it wasn't quickly that I could overcome it because the epilepsy wasn't diagnosed right away. Um, while I lost all of those cognitive abilities, um, the epilepsy wasn't diagnosed, as I said, right away. And it took really five and a half years or more for me to regain my speaking skills and some of my reading and writing skills and the memory loss and everything for me to be able to return to work. And really to get the seizures under control, it took really about another eight to ten years. Wow. You know, and if you're listening to the show, why I think this is so very important is so many people are misdiagnosed. So many people don't know what's going on. Look how long this took, Denise. Denise, what happened? What type of accident were you in? Well, it was, you know, I was in an automobile accident. I was in something in New York that we call a gypsy cab. It's in some communities of color where you don't get a yellow cab. It's a private car service. And a van hit the passenger side of the car. And I went to the hospital, and I didn't really think I was injured um, that badly. I, As a matter of fact, I told my assistant at the time I would be back to work shortly. Well, shortly was never. And... Um, 
and I didn't return back to to that job, I've been blessed that I have come back to work, and it's something that, Joyce, that you've been so successful in getting people with disabilities back to work. And I must say, Joyce, that coming back to work, it was some of the best therapy for me because coming back to work really uh, it gave me the incentive and really, in terms of therapy, gave me light years ahead of what in augmented some of what the medication and everything else and all the formal therapies, the physical and the occupational therapy that I got through treatment options. So, you know, you are you are really a hero in my book. Well, that is so wonderful coming from you. But I know that's true, Denise, that no one can realize the feeling of dignity when you get back to work. Isn't that the truth? That is so that is very much the truth. That is very much the truth. Work is very important. And, you know, I always say that I went from being, you know, um on disability being uh, being you know one of the beneficiaries of you know being on disability to being a very very responsible paying taxes and you know being very you know and it gives you a sense of responsibility you know many many people you know there are those of us who are here at the controller's office who live with a disability and i must say that we are probably the most responsible people here at the controller's office. We come to work when sometimes others don't. We come in snowstorms. We come when we have that cold. We come, you know, when others don't. So we are really, um, we really strive when others don't because we really feel blessed to have that job. And that is so true. You know what, Denise? This past couple weeks we give out an award to our employees that have not missed a day of work that is a sick day in one year. And do you know that we had to give out awards to over 80% of the employees? 80%. Tell me, how many companies could say that? And these are all people with disabilities. That's great. And some of them, by the way, have not missed a day of work in 12, 13 years. These are people blind, people with cerebral palsy. So as just as you've said, Denise, we do. We value work. We do appreciate work. But not all people with a disability become advocates. There are many people with a disability they do not choose to become an advocate as you have become not a local or regional but a national advocate. What made you decide to do that, Denise? Well, I think that, you know, I thought that, you know, being coming an advocate, telling my story and encouraging other people to tell their stories, you know, would get the word out and would make my life better but would make so many other people's lives better. And that's what, you know, that's what so many, we're, that's what, that's what, you know, when you're blessed with survival, as I say, you know, I have to look at some of the sheroes that preceded me. You know, Joyce, we're, this is the month of February, and it's African American History Month. And I think of a shero that, that I, uh, that I hope to emulate. And that's Harriet Tubman. You know, Joyce, we talk about our sisters in the epilepsy movement. Well, she's one that that preceded us. She was a woman who, despite her epilepsy, went back 19 times and rescued slaves 
out of the bondage of slavery despite her epilepsy. So I felt that if she could do that despite her epilepsy, who am I not to really speak out about what I live with the challenge every day and try to make other people's lives better. It, it is just a small part of what I could do because I've been blessed. And you know what, Harriet Tubman, she is a great shero, as you've said. She is. I mean, what she did, you know, when you think about people that complain about little things, and here's this woman with epilepsy helping slaves herself because she herself had been beaten, as you said. I mean, th- that is just phenomenal to me, so I'm not surprised that, that, you would, that you would mention her. But, Denise, one thing I wanted to ask you before we go to break, many people underestimate, in my opinion, the value of having the right doctor. I know that you know what that means because, as you mentioned, you didn't know what was wrong for years, really. You didn't know what was going on. How important do you think that is, Denise, to make sure you have an epileptologist if you have epilepsy or the right doctor no matter what your disability is? It's crucial. I think that, you know, I equate doctors the same way I think about some of the teachers I've had. Doctors can be very good, but, you know, it's like this. I had a great do- I had a great teacher when I was in elementary school. I had a great teacher when I was in junior high school, and I had a great teacher in high school. They all taught me different things in life, and I had a great teacher in college. And each teacher taught me something very specific, and it's even true with my condition, my health condition. There are doctors that could treat certain things, but even in terms of having an epileptologist. If you get to the point where you have to say, should I seek another opinion? Um, Should I see another doctor? An epileptologist is trained with the different types of epilepsy and the newest of treatment options. And, you know, in those areas where they don't have, where you may not have an epileptologist, I would encourage people to seek out the Epilepsy Foundation's website just so you can help your doctor become more aware of the newest treatment options to help you have a better life and get better treatment. When you have a disability, remember, I myself learned this the hard way. If you go to a family doctor, the family doctor is not a specialist. That's not what they are called. They're called the family doctor, general practitioner. But if you are not satisfied, you have to be your own health advocate. You have to get out there and make sure you meet the right person. I think in your case, was that Marty Morell? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I think Marty has given me a lifetime of endless possibilities. I'm so thankful for Marty. Yes. And by the way, Marty was the chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation several years ago. And if you go to that Epilepsy Foundation website that Denise was talking about at epilepsyfoundation.org, Guess what we're doing as we celebrate African American History Month? We have a podcast, and it is with Miss Denise Peace. It is awesome. Make sure you go there and listen to that on the Epilepsy Foundation website. But with that, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be back. If you just joined us, 
We're talking to Denise Peace, who is on the executive board of the National Epilepsy Foundation and a true advocate for all of us. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And if you just tuned in right now, I have as our guest today one of my favorite people, Denise Peace. She is on the executive board of the National Epilepsy Foundation She is a great advocate for people with epilepsy. She is really just a joy to know. And if you're ever looking for a great speaker, here's the woman, Denise Denise Peace. She is awesome. And she was kind enough to join us today. And one of the things, Denise, that I would like to talk about is I thought maybe you could tell our listeners about your new role for the National Epilepsy Foundation with what you're doing with the African-American community. Yes, you know, I I am working with uh, Erica Mabry, who's on the staff of the foundation, with uh, with the Know the Difference campaign, and it's our African-American initiative, and it's so apropos that we're talking about it in this month of February, which is African-American History Month. And anyone who would want to know more about the the campaign, they can go to the Epilepsy Foundation website, and that's www dot epilepsyfoundation dot org backslash know the difference 
and it's the African American Initiative, and we have an opportunity for people to leave the to tell their story. And I think that that's important for us to share our experiences for those of us or our family members who live with the challenge of epilepsy, particularly in the African American community, because you know it helps us to discuss what it's like to live with epilepsy, being an African-American woman who lives with uh, with the stigma of having epilepsy, um, African-Americans um, having epilepsy, um, how do you deal with that, you know, being uh, victimized sometimes um, to deal with stigma. And I think that we will have a, uh, a healthy discourse, and that will help us to get over some of that as well as to share the education, um, to be an advocate, what's new on the horizon, new uh, treatment options, um, so that you can be your best advocate in terms of your treatment, and also to get you involved with the foundation. Um, you know, we have our walk coming up in March, March 28th, to get more people to participate in that march. You know, that has been, you know, one of our... Um, Best signature, signature trademarks, the, um, the walk in Washington, where we really come out of the shadows in terms of showing that we're a force to be reckoned with. And we are. We are a force to be reckoned with. That's March 28th in Washington, D.C. at the mall. Again, epilepsyfoundation.org if you can join us that day. Uh, Denise, one of the things you mentioned or alluded to is you talked about with the African-American community or as a woman uh, about dealing with the stigma, being a victim, dealing with the stigma. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yes, you know, you know, oftentimes, and I'm sure, Joyce, that that so many of us, you know, I have been told that, you know, that I I was possessed by demons um, because, you know, epilepsy goes back to, um, you know, biblical times. You know, sometimes they don't realize that it's a, a medical condition. It's not, I'm not possessed by uh, by demons. There is a root you know, this is rooted with a medical condition, a brain injury. It's a traumatic brain injury. And sometimes that stigma will lead people to say very hurtful things. Even here in the workplace, they've said hurtful things. Even even some of people trying to be um, thinking that they're being uh, glib or being even friendly have said hurtful things uh, about me. And, you know, I have to really sometimes put them in their place and in and really try to educate them about what epilepsy is and and how I deal with this live with this challenge of epilepsy and i think that it's been very help, healthy for me and it's been healthy for the person who's made those comments yeah well let me just say that is terrible terrible that that i am a woman with epilepsy and the people would even think that is so terrible, but unfortunately true. And many people are very ashamed to admit that they do have epilepsy. You know, many people keep this a secret. They don't want anyone to know that they have epilepsy because they are so ashamed. But let me just tell you, epilepsy is just part of who you are. And when you get out there and you talk about it, it 
has such an impact on so many other people. Don't you agree with that, Denise? Yes, I do. You know, I you know, I have my medical alert bracelet that I wear all the time and sometimes I, I have the epilepsy foundation bracelet on. And you would be surprised at how many I wish I had a dollar for every time I sat down at dinner and someone asked me why was I wearing that bracelet and uh, and they said and I said I have epilepsy and then they said, Oh, that they either had epilepsy or a close family member or a friend had epilepsy but they never speak about it but they will speak about very clearly without even bringing it up other health conditions it's still that stigma that until you mention that you have epilepsy that they're that they will not openly talk about it and what i'm trying to do is to get people to discuss it because without discussing it we we can't get to the point where we get to the point of really getting to the point of having a cure or treatment options that they're not severe side effects. Well, Denise, we have a question for you here from a Lynette in Kansas City saying, Miss Peace, I think it is so wonderful what you are doing to help people with epilepsy. My question for you is how can you give strength to your child if they are bullied at school because of their seizures? Well, I, I think I think how you can give strength to your child, you know, uh, you know, I think that having a talk with your child and having a talk with your child's teacher, because I, uh, you know, one of the things that you can do is you can empower your child so that your child is very knowledgeable about her health condition, and. You know, one of the things that our youth council has found out, and we have a, also a website for our youth council, and one of the things that we've, we've found out with youth is that once they know what uh, epilepsy is all about, that they're more understanding than even some older people. So that uh, I would try um, encouraging your child to, or even you or someone else to explain to your child's friends or the person who's doing the bullying exactly what epilepsy is all about. So to take the fear out of epilepsy. And maybe that may be more helpful. And, um, and to also, you know, the Epilepsy Foundation also has books and pamphlets to talk to children and to young people. I, I didn't get the age of the person, the child, or the, or the youth, so that they have pamphlets that help youth with, you know, talking about epilepsy, and that may help also. Um, but, you know, they can also talk to their, uh, their local affiliate, um, and they may be helpful into coming into the school to talk to the young people about epilepsy because youth are more in tune with um, being more accepting of young people once they understand the nature of the disease. And you know what, Denise, I think you gave excellent suggestions because I like the part you said about even going talking to their teacher. You know, you need to know what's happening. What, you know, because maybe the teacher doesn't know what's happening. You want to always keep your child safe. But in addition to that, that youth leadership, the affiliates, uh, so many things like that. One thing I would say is always making sure that your child knows you are not ashamed. Yes. You yourself are not ashamed. You know, because the more you empower them, the better it's going to be. What I tell young people a lot 
when I speak is I say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I can tell you when they'll say to me, well, sometimes my friends, they do this to make fun of me. I say, well, they're not your friends. That's true. Right, Denise? That is so true. Because a friend is with you all the time. Time. A friend never makes fun of you. And, you know, it is terrible how young people are bullied who have epilepsy. Um, and really just bullying in general at schools is terrible today. But you really do have to stick by your child and let them know that you yourself, you are not ashamed that they are a person with epilepsy. And we really do work a lot on that uh, in the, with the Epilepsy Foundation and with that National Youth Council. And I'm sure, Denise, that the more that you work with the African-American community, the more that you will run into things like this. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and that's one of, that's one of the reasons we're trying to get the word out because I think that the more that we talk about it and the more that they see, you know, people like Joyce, like yourself, like Tony Quello, um, um, like a Mark Nini, who's another member of our board, um, the more we tell our stories, the more people will realize that that they can come out and they can talk about their stories, and the more people will realize that there are three million people with epilepsy, and it won't be so much of a you know that they more people will come out and start to talk about it, so it'll be more of a discussion and not so much of bullying or so much of a strange type of mystical uh, conversation. That's right. That's right. And you know what? I want to just mention one thing to you, a friend of mine, who unfortunately now is in Denise's city in place for the New York Jets, is Mr. Alan Fanica. I knew him when he was with the Steelers, and I'm still friends with him. I want to tell you, He stands up and talks about the fact that he has epilepsy and his daughter has epilepsy, and you cannot imagine the impact that has on young children with epilepsy when they hear him talk about it. I mean, you've got to talk about it. You've got to get out there and talk about it because when you do, it makes such a difference. And also, if you remember, Denise, Samari Roll from the Baltimore Ravens also talks about it his epilepsy and what he has been through, and so does uh, Jeffrey Pope, who is now with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, yes. And Samari rules on our website. Yes. Know, so, so that, and that's why, the, that's why we are encouraging people to tell their stories because it's also empowering. You know, once you tell your story and you hear other people telling their stories, you realize sometimes that your story is not that much different and that it's not, you know, it's empowering. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to empower and to realize that, you know, that you are an advocate even in your own small space so that you can come out and become more of an advocate in a bigger space. That's right. And the more that you see other people, talking about the more of an influence it will have. You know, I just want to mention that, as Denise said, 3 million Americans with epilepsy. 3 million. That's known. 3 million known. So it's probably larger than that. And yet it is the one disability that is so misunderstood and that a lot of people don't know about, and that's what Denise and I are working on changing. 
And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking to Denise Peace, who is Assistant Controller of Commercial Banking at the Office of the New York City Controller, but she is also on the Executive Board of the National Epilepsy Foundation and is an advocate for change. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just tuned in, we are talking to Miss Denise Peace from the Executive Board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, who does another little job on the side because she's the Assistant Controller of Commercial Banking, Office of New York City Controller. How do you like living there in New York City there, Denise? I, I love it, even though, you know, we're... We're suffering from what, you know, other people in the country are suffering from with this, you know, the, the economic challenges, but we'll muddle through as the rest of the country will muddle through also. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We all have to all get through it together. That is the truth. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Denise, one other thing before we move on. I wanted to ask you one other thing. Now that you are the leader for us in the African-American community working to spread the news about 
uh, knowledge you need about epilepsy. I just wanted to ask you, is there anything we can do to, to help you more? Is there anything we can do to make sure mo- more people know about this? Well, you know, one of the things that I'm encouraging people to do is to go to your civic organizations, go to your churches, um, and, you know, and spread the word. You know, even it's not just with the epilepsy community because everyone knows someone. You know, we estimate that around 350,000 African Americans have epilepsy. And sometimes they're not known to you or myself, you know, and even our members of the Epilepsy Foundation or to the affiliates. So the more we talk about the Know the Difference campaign, the more people that will go to the website and get information. So, you know, any networks that you have that if we can start to talk about this initiative, you know, the more people will get the knowledge base and it will help people to have, you know, get the treatment and to get the information that they need to improve their, the quality of their lives. That is awesome. And I want to also add to that that if there is a national conference, uh, remember Denise Peace, great speaker, and she would be awesome because we do want to get the news out because, you know, there are many people in the African-American community who are also in poverty and do not have the advantages that others have, and we want to make sure everyone, that we get the news out to everyone, justice for all, not just justice for some. Right, Denise? Yes, that's true. Well, that is true. Denise, I know you're going to love this next topic. You and I both know someone very well, Tony Quello, and I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about the influence that Tony has had on your life? Well, you know, Joyce, I think Tony is an extraordinary American. I think he's an extraordinary global citizen. I I really think, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet Dr. King before he died, the week before he died. You know, um, Archbishop Tutu is my prayer partner, and I've had the opportunity to meet Nelson Mandela. And I think that Tony Quello, for the, dis, dis, the the community for that we uh, belong to, the disabled community, he's going to be in that pantheon of world leaders that are civil rights, you know, that uh, civil rights, I always call them civil rights gods because, you know, his um, sponsorship of ADA and the reauthorization of ADA has gone a long way to making sure that those of us with disabilities have the rights that we're entitled to. And not just in this country because, you know, ADA has been the model for laws around the world. And I don't think that Tony always gets the credit that he deserves. And personally, Tony, you know, Tony could be, you know, up on a, you know, up in the stratosphere someplace, but he always has the time to speak to you and to give you a word of encouragement. There have been times where I have been at rock bottom, you know, without, and Tony has found the time to give me that word of encouragement to keep me going. You know, Joyce, I don't, you know, you know I've shared with you some of the struggles that I've gone through because, you know, those of us who live with the challenge of epilepsy, it's not always, you know, a bright and shiny day. 
but Tony has talked me through, walked with me, um, and I, Tony, as my brother, I could not, you know, I could not have a better brother in the world. But you know, Tony is, uh, I, I can't find words enough for Tony. Well, I'll match everything you just said because he is awesome. He's awesome. He he's is, awesome. He, and he is really has no reason to be doing everything he's doing right now yeah. to help Americans with disabilities to get the ADA Amendments Act passed. Yeah. He has no reason. He could just be sitting at home retired, as many people, former congressmen, are, and he has never stopped. It's as if he's in Congress right now. He has never stopped. He is every day working on something, every single day. And you know, and you know, we were just we were talking about earlier about you know with this economic downturn, you know, the old axiom last hot, uh, last hired first fired, and you know, for many of us who who have gone who have come, gone into the workplace, we were maybe the last hired, and because of ADA, we do have certain protections, and it's because of Tony that we have some of those protections. That we may that we may be able to keep our jobs and talk about you know having a livelihood even in this economic you know even with these economic challenges. So you know we have a lot to be thankful for Tony for, and he's had the foresight of seeing that you know that you know that epilepsy is now in the reauthorization of ADA, um, and he talks about it. You know, and he has encouraged me, you know, you asked me why I've become such an advocate, because it's also because of Tony. He has encouraged me, he says, Denise, tell your story, because your story helps other people. Yeah. When you get the chance to take the podium, speak up. Yes. And I do every chance I get, and it is Tony that had such an influence on me and still does, and I... Just thinks so highly of him, but I know he means a lot to you also. Yes. Uh, Denise, and to so many people. See, that's the amazing thing. There are so many people that he has had an impact on. But, Tony, just so you know, if you're listening right now, we love you. We think the world of you. You know, we appreciate everything that you're doing for us and for others. And with that, Denise, we have a Carol from Lansing, Michigan. Uh, Ms. Peace, thank you for what you're doing for people with epilepsy. I wonder, do you attribute the fact that you're so courageous today to having a role model when you were young? Um, yes, I, I, that may have helped. My aunt has um, MS, and one of the things that I've seen with her is she's never let her, um, having multiple sclerosis stop her uh, from living a very full life, it's you know it's 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 not constrained her. She's very spirited, so that may have helped. And seeing you, my sister Joyce, live a very full life with with epilepsy has helped me with with that. And I, again, I can't I can't stress enough reading about uh, Miss Tubman, Harriet Tubman. You know, um, helped get me through some very um, challenging times when I was dealing with, you know, uh, treatment options that weren't necessarily working the way I wanted them to, um, giving me the encouragement. But I, I do think seeing those role models um, gave me the strength and having a belief in God, too, that, 
things would get better. Um, I am religious, so having that deep uh, belief in God that that my life would have uh, get better and that I would have a lifetime of endless possibilities would would encourage me quite a bit. And I believe that we are blessed in our life with God bringing people into our life for a reason, and Denise, you are one of those people with me. So I feel that you are a blessing to many people, more than you probably know, because even to a young person right now listening to this show, what it means to them to hear someone as courageous as you speaking out, talking about your epilepsy, and yet being in such a prominent position that you are in in New York City. So just remember, I tell this to everyone, every time you get out there and you speak like this, you never know the impact you may be having on someone's life of all ages. And I would go so far as to say, Denise, also saving someone's life because there are so many young people today that are unfortunately taking that route of suicide as a result of bullying. And and I feel that every time you speak up, you never know what you may be doing to help someone. Yes, and you know, you know, Joyce, one of the things is is that you know i i always talk about that it took you know a good 8 years before my seizures were controlled i haven't had a seizure since 2007 but the side effects were so great i gained a lot of weight my self esteem was very low sometimes i was very lethargic i couldn't remember things my cognitive skills weren't the way they the way they are now you know it was I was very depressed. I was fearful. Um, you know, for the first time, I think in in about thirteen years, I really feel very comfortable in my own skin, as I as my mother used to say. And I think that there are so many new treatment options on the horizon that we all have, you know, a sense of optimism. You know, there was a curing epilepsy conference two years ago, and I I'm really hopeful that. With the new administration, I was so, you know, to see an African-American president sworn in this year. Um, when President, when on election day last year, um, when President Obama won, um, I cried, I laughed, I, um, it was such a feeling of elation. I thought of my great-great-grandmother who was born a slave, at well, that wait, moment, wait. Hold I it right knew there. that Hold it right there because, Denise, I want you to tell them that story. We're going to break, and we'll be right back with Denise Peace telling that story about her grandmother. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back to close the show with Denise Peace. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com 
I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show, Denise. Before we talk about your great-grandmother, just to show you what I mean, um, our producer wanted me to know how great this show is because he had a best friend in high school that lived with epilepsy and went through a lot of these struggles. So as I said, you're impacting people everywhere. And that also is what I love about Voice America. They have such great people working there Mm -hmm. that really do care about this issue. They are all awesome. Denise, you were starting to tell us about your great-grandmother. Your great-grandmother was a slave, is that correct? My great-great-grandmother. Great-great-grandmother. Great-great-grandmother was a slave. My great-great-grandmother, I, I was saying how I felt when, uh, when I knew that President Obama had won the election. I thought about two people. I thought about my great-great-grandmother and my grandmother. My great-great-grandmother was born a slave. And, you know, and, you know, just to think that just four generations, you know, four generations that, you know, that, I, you know, to see the President of the United States who, who looked like me, um, I, you know, I laughed, I cried, I thought about her, you know, and, and, and the history that had gone on. And then I thought about my grandmother, and I think that's why the walk, uh, you know, our our national walk of epilepsy is so important because then I thought about my grandmother, my grandmother who had a history of, of you know, she grew up in the segregated South, but she came to New York and she worked as a domestic and she had gone on the march to Washington. And she said that she knew that I would have a life time of, you know, of opportunity when she went there and she saw the mix of people and marching so that I would have the opportunities ahead of me. And that's why I know that for people with epilepsy, we have the opportunities ahead of us, at least the young people. Because when you see everyone coming together on the mall for the, you know, the march, they're, they're those of us with epilepsy. They're the parents. They're just friends. There's a conglomerate of people. It's really the, the, all the population that makes up America, that makes America great. And that's what made President Obama's win so hopeful. 
that we are really at the beginning of, you know, making sure that for those of us who live with the challenge of epilepsy, that we may have a cure, if not in my lifetime, in the lifetime of some of the children who live with the challenge of epilepsy. And I just want to remind you that on Election Day, Kareem Dale, who is today the Special Assistant to the President on Disability, and Michael Strautman is Chief of Staff at the White House in another group. They took time to be on my radio show because of the commitment to disability, which really impressed me so much. But I have to tell you, Denise, that when President Obama won, I too, I, I would not have thought even I was going to live to see this, and it was just a thrilling thing. It really was. It was a thrilling Day, so for you, I can't imagine what it was like, as you said. Phenomenal. And I, we are behind him 100%. So, Denise, you have already done so much. Oh, my goodness, you've accomplished so much in your life. I don't even know how you'll answer this next question, but what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? You know, I, I, I can't even answer that myself because, you know, I think my greatest accomplishment is going to be ahead of me. I think my greatest accomplishment is going to be uh, working with you, Joyce, to making sure that people realize that realize and look at us for our abilities and not look at us for our disability. And that, and I, and I think that's going to be my greatest accomplishment because you know we're we're in this for the long haul. And it's not that I become a assistant controller or that whatever, you know, position that life has in store, but it's the doors that I open for all of us who have a disability or who have epilepsy. And you know what? I'm not surprised by that answer because that's just who you are. You are a person, Denise, who gives back. You are also a person all about civil rights and justice. So you know what? Your great-great-grandmother would be so proud of you. She really would. She would be so proud of you. So she's listening to us in heaven. I'm sure she is very proud of you. (laughs) And I know what Denise is talking about is I have a very great day coming, and that day is in May when I will be the chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. And with Denise working with me, Hey, look out. That's all I have to say. Look out. The two of us together, there's no stopping us, right, Denise? That's right. Look That's out. Right. No stopping us. That's what I told Tony. Follow. I said, oh, my goodness, with Denise Peace and I, I don't know what will happen. I mean, it's going to be like an earthquake hit uh, the United States of America because we will be speaking up and speaking out at all times. Um, and, Denise, if you had to leave a message for our listeners today, what would it be? Um, just remember that we have a lifetime of endless possibilities ahead of us. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Speak out. Speak out. That's right. And don't get discouraged because also you never know. Success could be right around the corner. Yes. Just when you think there's no hope, Success can be so close. That's why I tell people when they ask me, oh, why are some people successful? I said, because they didn't give up. They maybe only had one more turn in the road or one more hill to climb, and little did they know what was on the other side. But it's that you don't give up. 
no matter what. And even in this economy, let me say to all of you, you know there is no recession in heaven, so don't give up. That's right. We're going to make it. We're going to all pull together, and we're going to make it. But we've all got to get behind that. What is that? The only thing to fear is fear itself. I mean, those words spoken by President Roosevelt, how true they were, don't give up. It's coming. Our day's coming. It's just hard when you go through the valley, but that's how you know what the mountaintop's like on the other side. Right, Denise? That's so true. Yes, that is. is so true. Well, listen, we're getting ready to close the show, but once again, March 28th, is the the walk in Washington, D.C., which is the national walk for the Epilepsy Foundation. But in addition to that, if you go to epilepsyfoundation.org, you can hear Denise. Let's go to the podcast where she's talking about her own experiences with epilepsy. And what, what is the name again, Denise? It's Know the Difference. It's uh, www.epilepsyfoundation backslash Know the Difference and add your voice to the, all the voices that um, that are, are talking about their experience. Yeah, because remember, that one thing you do can be the thing that makes a difference. Come out of the shadows. Don't be ashamed. Speak up. I tell people all the time. And Denise is really a good example of this. You know what epilepsy is? It's that you have too many neurons firing off in your brain at the same time. Well, that fits Denise and I because we just have too much firepower. But we're not ashamed. No, we're not. Okay, and I always end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today it will be from Miss Denise Peace, who said, I came from being on disability to being a respectable taxpayer that gives you dignity. And isn't that what it is all about? This is Joyce Bender. Thank you so much, Denise, for joining us. Thank you, Joyce, for having me. Oh, we loved having you. And remember, if you want to know more about Denise, epilepsyfoundation.org, and you can read all about her. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, speaking out, speaking up about epilepsy on voiceamerica.com. See you next week. America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.